It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show. Our mission is to serve and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. In today's episode, I'm going to talk about something very important to me. Football is my life. And I want to talk about what's going to happen with this NFL season in the midst of the outbreak of the variant of coronavirus that has been making so many people sick with the Delta variant, how that's affecting the NFL. And another industry as well, concerts. A lot of concerts getting ready to kick off, but there are special rules of the concert world and also some very cheap deals potentially to welcome you back to concerts. And I'll fill you in on all of that. And coming up later, Venmo. So there's been a lot of really nasty stuff that's happened to people with Venmo, the Cash App, and Zelle. These apps lack any legal oversight that protects you as a consumer. But there's two important late-breaking developments from Venmo that I'm going to tell you about that I hope will bring about some additional moves by the Cash App and by Zelle. So let's talk really important stuff. The NFL this season is really, really exciting to me because it will be the first season that dumps some of those horrible preseason games, those exhibition games that nobody wants to see, and replaces with an extra regular season game, 17 weekends of your favorite NFL team playing. There will still be a bye week, so the regular season will be 18 games, then the playoffs. But last year, during coronavirus, the NFL ended up having games virtually every night of the week. Games were rescheduled. The NFL scrambled to get games played. And as a team would have an outbreak of COVID, they would uh, cancel a game and reschedule it two weeks later, three days later, whatever. And so it was an odd year because there ended up being NFL games at all kinds of odd times and days, even some weekday day games in order to get the full season in. But this year the NFL has made a completely different decision in this new 17-game season. Players, coaches, staff are expected to be vaccinated but not required to be vaccinated. But if a player who's unvaccinated gets COVID, the team involved has to forfeit the game. They lose automatic. They lose that game. And it could keep them out of the playoffs. But even more, the players on that team are not going to get paid 117th of their NFL salary. If a game has to be canceled because some player chose not to be vaxxed, gets COVID, and causes that game to be forfeited, then they lose their money. And they may lose their chance at the playoffs. And there's been a lot of talk about what are the employer's rights. The NFL actually has a legal right to require all the players to be vaxxed, all the staff to be vaxxed, but they've chosen not to do that They've chosen to allow the team to suffer if a player chooses not to be vaxxed and have peer pressure 
get people vaxxed. There will be people who choose not to be, but the consequence could be that the team loses that game without ever setting foot on the field. And for a really highly paid NFL player, losing a week's pay could be more than a million dollars. I mean, what'd you think, Krista? If you made a million dollars for three hours of grueling football, would you do that for a million dollars? Would you go out there and let those people beat the daylights out of you? For sure, I'd do it. Yeah, I would Wouldn't not. Wouldn't you? No? I would not. Because, see, I know. You value your brain? I know I would not survive. There's no way. You put me out on that field with those huge, incredibly powerful and fit men. I would get <laughs> hit once. And it wouldn't be my bell got rung, like they used to say when somebody got a concussion. No, they would need the stretcher and maybe straight to the morgue for me. So even for a million bucks, I'm not stepping out there. <laughs> but but the, uh, the NFL has come up with this very, very tough policy. And we'll see if they revise it as we move through training camp, through the uh, fake games, the preseason games. And then they're ready for the real season. But everybody's trying to navigate this. Everybody's trying to figure out an employer's, uh, some of the big employers just delayed reopening their offices to office workers because of the Delta variant. An industry that has been on its back heels for a long time, the concert industry. Uh, think about all the people involved with concerts. And none of them have been able to earn a paycheck. You think about the musicians, but there's a lot of people involved behind the scenes in putting a concert on, and none of them are, are making a living at all. And so the concert promoters are coming up with various rules that they're implementing to require people who are involved with concerts to be vaccinated and be tested because one person who gets a lead singer from a band sick with COVID, a whole tour could get blown out of the water. So there's going to be a lot of things involved with that. But by the way, on the concert front, Live Nation is doing a deal where you can buy a concert ticket to a thousand different concerts if you can get the seats. For $20 total, including all those rip-off junk fees. So $20 flat gets you in to a long, long list of concerts. So the tickets go for sale at noon Eastern time on the 28th on Wednesday. Unless you are a T-Mobile subscriber, T-Mobile subscribers get to jump the line and starting at noon Eastern time on the 27th, get to have one day advance run on the tickets before everybody else. As far as the bands, uh, a lot of them, I don't know the acts at all. It's a thousand different ones. So there's going to be a lot that are bands you really want to see, singers you really want to see, performers you really want to see, and others are going to be something where you're scratching your head and saying, who's that? But the idea is this is the reopening of the concert industry. And it's going to be really interesting to see. Concert goers overwhelmingly are younger. 
the segment of the population that has chosen uh, in large numbers not to get vaccinated are younger people that unfortunately are getting stricken in large numbers by the Delta variant. So COVID is not over. Things are much better. Even though the number of cases is climbing is ugly, the reality is we've got half the American people that are vaccinated and overwhelmingly people who've had two shots are not having serious consequences, even if they do pick up the variant overwhelmingly, they're not having serious consequences. So my belief, this is going to be a hiccup for the economy, not anything like last year from the Delta variant. We are not back, but we are on our way back. And this is just a little detour from the Delta variant, unless you're unfortunate to be somebody who gets it and gets really sick. Krista? All right, Clark. Well, along the theme of football is your life, Les in California wants to know what is the best way to watch the Miami Dolphins? Well, it's so cheap to fly right now from <laughs> L.A. to Miami that I would just go see the Dolphins in person. I mean, why not go see them in person? But I know that's not a serious answer to your question. It's not like in football likes available for the the other sports where you can buy a package where you can watch an individual team it doesn't work like that for the nfl so what you're left with is streaming and the good news is the way the nfl is so heavily televised this coming season you will even without something like nfl sunday ticket where you would be able to see every game the Dolphins play in this 17-game season, you'd still be able to see several just because of how many televised games there are going to be. But if you really want to see the run of the season with the Dolphins, you're going to have to get NFL Sunday ticket. So there's two ways for you to get NFL Sunday ticket. One is to stream it. And what's required, and I think this is the last season this will be required, is you have to be able to prove that you don't actually have a shot of the sky of the DirecTV satellites. But other than that, if you have any relative, friend, whatever, who lives in an apartment where they can't get put up a satellite dish, you're in business because you can use their information, pay them to subscribe for you, and you'll be able to watch the streaming version of NFL Sunday Ticket and see not only every game of your beloved Dolphins, 1972 or 73, the year they had the perfect season, 17-0. and 0. I don't remember. One of those two. Anyway. You'll be able to watch all the Dolphins games, but not just that. Wait, there's more. You'll be able to watch every game pretty much from around the country every single week. So that's pretty great. I should say we have a guide to watching college and NFL football streaming and how to do it. It's just simply called, if you go to Clark.com, 
just put in uh, watch football or stream football in the search box and you'll see our guide to how to stream football this fall. And Doug in Texas says Southwest has canceled many scheduled flights. I need to catch a flight to Tampa, Florida for a carnival cruise in February of 2022. Would it be better to make a reservation on two airlines than cancel one closer to the date of the cruise? I don't have trip insurance. Doug, I have a completely different answer for you, and this is going to be crazy. The question you're asking is not the one I'm worried about. It is that you could have bad weather. I mean, think about what happened in Texas where you're from with the hideous winter storm this past winter season. And weather can be a real issue flying around the country in February, even if you're having perfect weather in Texas and you got to fly to Florida for your cruise, you could end up with a problem because of bad weather elsewhere in the country. The flight cancels have been really ugly through the summer. There are some ugly cancels that look like they're going to happen in September. But my feeling is by February, there's going to be some pretty good truth in scheduling. So that's not my concern about the flight being canceled. My concern is that that Carnival Cruise sails without you. And I want you to go the day before, schedule your flight, pay for that hotel night, a lot of cool things to do in Tampa, and spend that night there so you build some give me in your schedule so that if there is a flight problem, a weather problem, whatever, you can scramble and make other arrangements and know you're going to be there in time for that ship to sail out with you, not without you. And Jim in Georgia says, I had set up two 529 accounts for my children. One went to college and used it up, plus most of the savings we set aside. The other did not. He has the savings and we're working on a plan for him. But if we reassign his 529 to the other kid, can we reimburse her for the money she spent on tuition a few years ago? So, Jim, this is something that the feds have been saying for two years they were going to tighten up. I think because of the pandemic, new rules and restrictions have never come into place from what I've been able to see because I've had this question before. So you right now, under the rules, it was not designed for this, but you can change the beneficiary designation to your daughter and then pay her back or reimburse for legitimate expenses that took place a few years ago that would be legitimate expenses. Now, this window will close. When? Who knows? Because it does not fit the intention of the program but I think that this is something that you'd be on uh, safe grounds to do. If it didn't work, if, let's say, the IRS came after you and said, nope, nope, can't do that, what you'd be faced with is tax on the earnings that you have withdrawn for her and a 10% penalty on the earnings alone. So the worst that would happen is the worst that could happen, but the best that could happen is because new regs don't exist yet that I could find anywhere, you're good to do what you want to do. And I want to tell you something. People use Cash App, Venmo, and Zelle like crazy without really an understanding 
about how much fraud is going on and how you are left as the loser with no help, no protection from the banks that own Zelle and push it, from the Cash App people or the Venmo people. But I want to tell you there are some new developments involving Venmo that I'm going to fill you in on straight ahead. It's been really frustrating for me, all the people who I've done TV story after TV story after TV story on who have had money vanish from their accounts where hackers or fraudsters have stolen their money using the Cash App, Venmo, or Zelle. And these apps came into the marketplace, and they were pretty innovative. I mean, think about if you need to, uh, you want to give money to your kids or whatever. I, I hear from people that uh, their grandkids only want money from Venmo. They don't want cash. I mean, cash, what would they do with that? And so a lot of grandparents have set up Venmo accounts just to be able to send money to their grandkids because that's what they want. And these apps are generally free to use. The largest of them is Venmo. Uh, Cash App is, has had a, a lot of issues, but is also a large player. And the banks have been very nervous about losing control of, quote-unquote, banking activities in the United States. So they started this lame thing called Zelle that the banks are doing something hideous. The banks are automatically opting people into Zelle who don't even know they have it, and then money will vanish from their accounts, and the bank will say, well, I mean, no, that was a Zelle transaction. There's no protection on those. Uh, this is something the regulators need to be all over, is that somebody needs to opt in to using the Zelle garbage instead of unknowingly registered for it and having their money vanish. But anyway, the law is not on your side with any of these apps. But there's been so much bad publicity about people losing tons of money using the Cash App, Zelle, or Venmo that Venmo, realizing that their uh, golden goose is on the line, have now designed some new protections I want you to know about. One of the most bizarre things that Venmo was doing was they were posting your transactions unless you change your privacy settings. We had a thing on Clark.com about how to do that. They were posting all your transactions on social media for reasons that make no sense to me. And so criminals that were lurking around would know who's active users, who they were paying and all that. And they would use that as a way to work their way into your life, and steal your money. And I won't even talk how they do it, because I don't want to give any fresh criminals any ideas. But the other thing that's happened, that I've done so many TV stories on, I mean, it's crazy, because I do five TV bits a week. And whenever we're short of content, we can just do another story about Zelle, Venmo, or Cash App. Because there's always new ones and new wrinkles about how people have their money stolen. In other words, be very careful with this stuff. Well, so a lot of hoodlums have been trying to get people to pay for things using 
one of these apps because you have no consumer protections. The money's gone. You can't claim it. By the time you know you got scammed, it's too late. In fact, the second the money leaves your account, it's too late. So Venmo has designed a new tool where when you go to pay what you think is a business, you if you click that it's a business when you go to pay, there are special purchase protections that go into place. We don't know yet how good Venmo is going to be at treating consumers when you use the new protections. But the other side of the deal is the merchant is going to be charged a fee or the fake merchant is going to be charged a fee for receiving funds from you on Venmo. So you will have now merchants who say, hey, just say you're paying me personally because they don't want to pay the Venmo fee. But the reality, unless that is a true friendly transaction that you're not worried about at all, you want to report it as a business transaction so that you have the fraud protections from Venmo. The other thing, we have a separate bank account that we have tied into Venmo. So that if a criminal were to hack into our account with Venmo and they were going to go steal money, the amount they can steal is quite limited. And so we'll do a bunch of Venmo transactions when that small bank account needs to be replenished. We replenish it and we've capped our potential losses. This is serious stuff because if you tie Venmo, Cash App, and that horrible Zell which is automatically tied into your checking account. You use any of those and a criminal hacks in, they can run off with all your money, all your money with no remedies available under the law. So they can steal your rent money, your mortgage, your car payment money, the money you're saving for whatever. It can take a one-way trip and under the law as it exists today, there's nothing you can do about it and that's why you have to protect yourself up front. Krista? Well, unfortunately, a related question from Robert in Georgia. He says, someone has charged $330 on my cash app by purchasing Google Play gift cards at $5 per card, and I can't get Google Play or cash app to refund my money. How shall I proceed? This is an absolutely terrible problem. You have no idea how the person got access to your cash app. I'm gathering, Robert, no idea at all. So what I would do is file a complaint at consumerfinance.gov. It will require the square people who own cash app to respond. And it will make someone actually accountable to respond to the federal agency and to respond to you about what happened here and the reality is how somebody may have hacked into your account you don't know and this is exactly why and you your situation is a perfect example about why with these apps you want them tied into a separate small account and if that's too much hassle for you then close these apps out do not use them and warning again, Robert, this doesn't apply in your case, but it does to others. Make sure that your bank has not behaved in a hideous, unethical way and without your permission 
signed you up for their crummy Zell and shut it off, shut it down because your money vanishes. And let me tell you, the bank does not care. This is from Tony in Alabama. Thank you for your recent podcast on retirement account security, primarily in regard to making sure we have two-factor authentication in place. One of your favorite children offers the additional step of a plug-in USB security key for access when using a computer. You have to purchase the security key, which I've seen for $10 to over $100. That's pretty cheap insurance for large retirement accounts, but is it worth it? Yes, this is a great idea. And we talked about this, it must be two years ago when this became, went from being a beta to a widely available thing with Charles Schwab. And I don't know if others are doing this yet themselves, but a USB security key, as you said, 10 bucks, and it gives you an additional step. It means that in order to access your account, it has to read that USB plugged into your laptop. And so it is a great idea because, as you said, it is incredibly cheap insurance to protect your accounts at a brokerage or your retirement accounts. And from Steve in Illinois, how does one compare 457B plans? I recently started a job that offers three options from three different companies. How do I know which is best for me? So, Steve, you should not play the lottery. Because let me tell you, you went zero for three here. I see the three companies that your employer has, um, they must hate you. Or they have nobody who knows how to pick these plans. Because they picked incredibly expensive 457 plans. Uh, These three organizations are insurance companies that charge maximum, maximum fees on their 457 plans. And they are tweedly D, tweedly dumb, etc. None of the three <laughs> are going to be good choices. So this is a hard thing because the 457B offers you unusual tax advantages that are available typically to people with various uh, government jobs, typically at the state or local level. And unless there's money your employer offers as some form of match in this 457B, you are likely best off avoiding this because the tax advantage will be wiped out by the massive fees you would pay one of these three insurance companies, and you would be better served with the money you would put in it if you're already maxing out Roth IRAs and you're maxing out other methods of you doing tax advantage or tax-free investing. Believe it or not, you'd be better off with a straight, low-cost investment account with low-cost index funds, index funds where you own little tiny pieces of hundreds or thousands of companies like the total stock market index fund or the total international index fund. And if you do those at Fidelity Investments, you can buy them commission-free and fee-free And the taxation on them, even though they would be in a taxable investment account, the taxation is exceedingly favorable on them. And I want to thank you for joining us. Please visit Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com for more money-saving advice you can trust.